This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A run of more straightforward fixtures for ITFC. The run-in starts to intensify with a trip to familiar foes. This is the Blue Monday podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast discussing Ipswich Town up or down since 2015. I'm Richard Woodward and this is the pre-match show brought to you in partnership with our friends at the Greyhound Pub in Ipswich. We're available every week on podcast and video and tonight we are live so we want to hear from you in the chat and joining us to chat about the Barry Knight Derby, Joe Fairs. I thought I'd get that in early, um, trigger a few people. How you doing mate? Yeah good, yeah looking forward to the big game on Saturday it's now this feels like the next five games are going to define whether we're going to be getting in that top two or settling for the playoffs doesn't it yeah it does it does it's yeah Bolton it's always Bolton isn't it as well there's this this weird kind of magnetism about us perhaps I don't know when it comes to playoff and promotion all that kind of stuff so we'll be drilling into Bolton, that sounds wrong, doesn't it? Um, in a bit more detail later on. But as I said, we are live. We want to hear from you if you've got any predictions, if you've got any lineup thoughts, any other business that you want to raise. Now is your time to get it in the chat. Uh, let's do a bit of a roll call and see. We've got Lee, good to have you with us. Hello, Charlie. Matt's with us as well. Some of the Twitter, the Telegram army. Good to have you guys here. Um, Michael, good day to you. Um, from a damp and dull Brisbane, I'm sure it's warmer where you are. Michael uh, Snowy says Charlie. Um, evening to David. Good to have you with us. Um, evening from Andreas um, from Chile, Reykjavik. Yeah, Ashley, I think you probably win that quiz. Um, Ashley, good to have you with us as well. Um, Bluey, good evening, one and all. Yep. Um, Stephen, good to have you with us. Matt, crikey. Seb looks a bit different this week. Yeah, a little bit. Well, what, what's the. Oh, he'll be listening to this. I. Just, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, Matt. You, you tried your best, but I'm not going to bite on that one. Um, Flim Flam, good to have you with us, John B. Look at all this. Um, a lot of excitement. Um, and the score predictions are coming in as well, Joe. But let's um, let's start with some matters of more real, uh, short-term business. Um, we had Mikey, Seb, and my thoughts on Accrington. What are yours after um, a pretty comfortable 3-0 win? Yeah, no, it was just one of those professional performances, wasn't it? Um, I don't think Accrington really put up much of a... Didn't seem to put up much of a fight, really, did they? I thought they were very poor side. They sort of pressed high and tried to play that way, but we were quite comfortable getting through them. And it, it just surprised me, even in the second half, when it was 2-0, they didn't, they didn't seem to have any urgency about them to get back into the game. It was just a game that allowed us to make our substitutions, get the players rested because obviously Bolton didn't have a midweek game. So you're sort of playing a little bit of catch up there, but no, we've, we've come through this run. We looked at the run ahead and said, look, we need to win all these games, especially after we drew Bristol Rovers at the start of that run. And we have done comfortably, comfortably one or four really. MK Don's the only one that was sort of not by more than one goal, sort of that wasn't by three or four goals. And yeah, that was only one nil, but, that was as comfortable as a 1-0 as you'll see bar a mad 20 seconds in the game. Uh, question from Alex here. Opinions on the red card on Tuesday and uh, Alex says there's an appeal. Is there an appeal by Accrington? John Coleman didn't sound particularly happy a full time, did he? He didn't, he didn't sound happy about anything. I thought his press conference <laughs> was an absolute 
horrid. It was, a bit it was, of a, yeah, it was just an absolute joke, really. Game, wasn't it? He's well. Every time we every time we played them, he's moaned and moaned about everything. Like his moan was that they weren't allowed to time waste in the game, and well, yeah, the crowd got on their back. Yeah, it's the not fair, and this and that, and it's like, okay, fine boring you're boring john shut <laughs> up boring. move on but um the re- the red card and he talks about oh the ball was going to the corner flag it's like the ball didn't the ball went straight ahead just outside the six yard box um it was one of those ones i think because of the game state at the time with it being two nil in the 92nd minute i don't think anyone would have cared if that was a red or yellow card but i thought harry clark could quite easily have maybe not easily have got there but the ball didn't the ball doesn't go that far ahead of him and he's flying down there and if the keeper doesn't fly into him, he probably goes around him and scores. So yeah. I, I, I can see both ways. But if, if that was at nil-nil, I think more people would think it was a red card than it was at that stage of the game because it didn't really matter at that stage of the game. So no no one really cared. Exactly right. And I, I, I if, they, if they have appealed, as per Alex's message there, then... I'd be surprised if it's upheld. I can understand why they'd appeal, but I'm mm. also, I'd be really surprised if it's overturned. It's so. just crap goalkeeping. You're 2-0 down in the 92nd minute. Why are you flying out into someone and giving yeah. the ref a decision to make? He's only got himself to blame for it. I don't see any appeal being successful on that one. And hopefully we don't have to play Accrington again because they are just, uh, I don't know, John Coleman, Andy Holt. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, very diplomatically done. Well done, Joe. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that appeal goes. But yeah, job done. And as you say, I think a lot of us um, were looking for maximum points out of this run of games and we've done what we required to do, haven't we? And built that confidence, got the clean sheets as well ahead of um, the arguably more trickier games, if we're being honest as well. So um, yeah, good stuff there, Joe. Um, Evening to Seb. I don't know if he's sticking around for the whole thing, but I'm now even more apprehensive about the success of the show, the show without Seb. But, um, a well-earned night off, yet he's still watching it anyway. So um, um, good on you, Seb. Thank you for your help um, researching Bolton. Joe, um, we haven't had an opportunity since, well, um, since it happened. You haven't been on the pod, I don't think. Um, we waxed lyrical about the Barbrook twins in the FA Youth Cup run. And have they both now signed deals with the club? Do you want to talk yeah. about that and give us your views on them? Yeah, no, no, they've both they've both signed professional contracts with the club, and both signed fully deserved professional contracts with the club because they've been excellent. Like I say, I haven't I haven't seen them as much as I'd like to, but in all the youth cup ties, especially, they're the ones that have stood out in in every game. Really, I think Finn especially has stood out, and well, Harry's looked solid at the back. But no, two very good players, both good sizes, good physicality. That sort of thing that sometimes a youth players who do well, you sort of think, oh, are you going to have that about you to step up? They they both look like they've got that, both playing quite a bit of under-21 football this year, both obviously being twins, local boys together. There's a good article in the paper, I think, ahead of the Liverpool game about how they were sort of Ipswich fans growing up and a lot of photos of them being sort of six or seven going to games and, in their young Ipswich shirts, which I say I'm an old softy for stuff like that. You you love to see the sort of young people wear, wearing Ipswich shirts as kids playing for Ipswich as adults. And no, no, they've both got, both fully deserved. It wouldn't it be amazing if we could have two, a pair of twins play for the first team for us. That would, that would be great. Obviously stuff like that never happens and probably one will fall away and it will go from there. And most, most players don't make it, but if, if they could make it, that would, that would be fantastic to see. And both look extremely gifted with the ball at the feet. Um, can play in multiple positions as well, I think, or is is that more Harry than? Well, Harry tends to play sort of left back, and he has been playing a fair bit of centre back as well. So he's a sort of a left sided defender, um, gets up and down well. Like I say, a good, a good height, good size, and can win his headers if when he's playing centre back. Where Finn has been a central midfielder, but he's also uh, played centre back a couple of times. So yeah, yeah any, anywhere throughout the pitch. But he's been. He's, I don't think he's worn the captain's arm, Mags. I think Jack Manley has, but he has been the sort of the captain on the pitch, the the loud one, the one that is driving the team on through the midfield as well. So, no, both look good characters, good players, and they've both got a good chance. And they're a good height as well. It sounds weird to say about youth players, but you know that youth players tend to you know, get physically stocky at some point, mm. but it's very difficult once you're at a certain age to grow high, but they all, they both are quite tall, aren't they? Probably yeah. Especially when you're playing those roles in the, in the middle of the pitch where you do like, if you want to be a, 
even a fullback these days, you, you need to be able to win your headers, don't you? Mm. Coming across, even someone like when you look at Leif Davis, he's probably five eleven, and and he, he can win his headers as well. It's 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 just very very difficult if you don't have that size, unless you've got sort of a gifted attacking player or a sort of metronomic midfield player. You you need some size in there, and even when you look at someone like Cam Humphreys, who's not small, he's still struggled physically at times this year, hasn't he? In the middle of the, in the middle of the park, when you've you got to win your headers, you got you got to do your get the right side of players. They both look like they have that as well. Yeah, exactly right. We'll um we'll await their hopeful progress in the first team with um, definite interest and preseason maybe an opportunity for them. Who knows? But yeah, great news. And as you as you said, Joe, I quite like the. The, the club probably likes the potential media interest around playing some twins, won't they? So, well, we'll especially if like you got to a stage where one is kicks on really far and the other one doesn't quite as much, you could keep them both signed onto the books. And if one was to get suspended, you could <laughs> just play him and pretend he's his brother. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right, there's a film plot there somewhere. I think. Um, finally, in bits of um, housekeeping news, um, ITFC women conclude. Um, they had a similar run of home games um, and clean sheets and wins themselves. Um, they've got a final um, of their quadrology, if that's the word, quadrilly or whatever, against London Bees on Sunday, head down to the AGL arena, um, get behind the tractor girls because it's six games unbeaten, four wins on the bounce, four clean sheets uh, up to second. So looking positive, they're building for a, hopefully a big finish um, like the men's team. So um, head down to the AGL. Depending on when you're listening to this, um, you can buy tickets up to midday on Friday. But head to the head to the turnstiles on Sunday and you can pay to get through the, the gate and listen to me drum, Joe, and be all kinds of annoying to the opposition, which I'm sure they they love. How, would, how did you find your AGL experience last yeah, week? Yeah, it was good, yeah. I, the only problem was I was a couple of minutes late for the game. So when I was trying to talk to the turnstile operator, I couldn't. he couldn't hear me because there was some idiot drumming just next to the turnstile so it was it was a bit of a problem there but once I was in no it's good I I had my family with me so we went around to the other side of the pitch to sit from there I, I couldn't handle the Ipswich ladies ultras there yeah I didn't, didn't have enough about me to handle that so um we went around there no it's good my kids liked it they enjoyed it they're sort of getting into every every football you can think of at the moment they, they want to sit and watch and no stayed stayed and watched it really good nice little town in felix as well we'd been down there had a walk along the beach and had a little bit of lunch as well before we went up Lovely there right in the town center so no it is, it is a good as there's a, a i say there was 505 people there last week mm. and i remember i went to a game last year and i think that was about three or four hundred that was seen as a big attendance so it really has it really has grown there's a lot of families down there a lot of people down there decent atmosphere rattling on the on the fences when anything happens there so no no it's good good experience for anyone to get down there especially if you've got young children and want to take them down and do something and and worth noting as well uh, our own lucy o'brien as sponsored by the friends of blue monday is up for february's player of the month as well i think the vote closes tomorrow so you still got time to give lucy your support but a lot of strong performances megan waring's winning the vote right now um but uh, we're Definitely got to support one of our own, haven't we? So good luck to Lucy there. Yeah, I, I can only comment on the game I saw, but I know I thought she was excellent. I think she seems to be a sort of a couple of seconds above everyone mentally on the pitch yeah. for when she receives the ball sort of on the turn and keeping it there. And sometimes playing balls that the other players around her don't read, but she does seem to have a real good footballing brain on her in, the, in that role. So no, it's, she's a very good player to watch. Definitely. Yeah, endorse that one. David, thank you as always for your support for the pod and um, thank you for the super chat um, if you want to do likewise if you're watching on youtube yeah uh, you can do that there's a super chat option near the near the live chat but um, as we mentioned always um, a thumbs up on youtube a thumbs up on facebook and um, thank you to steven who's already done that is great for us try and drag a few more people in uh, nudge us up the algorithms and all that nerdy crap so um but now a thumbs up is is all the appreciation all the pre appreciation we need words um, so thank you, David, as always. Um, Matt here, always a great experience at the AGL, um, plus Rich on the drum, an added bonus. Yes, and Mr. Waring as well, uh, also on the drums too. So yeah, do head down to the AGL. Right, we can't put it off any longer, Joe. We're going to have to talk about Bolton. You've got some vintage, I guess they're vintage now, um, shirts behind you. Some big games against Bolton, good and bad over the over our lifetimes at least watching town. Maybe if you've been born after the millennium, you won't really understand this situation, but some real run-ins over the years, haven't we, with Bolton? Yeah, well, obviously there was the sort of back-to-back playoff 
two of the four of the greatest sort of games you'll see or two of the greatest ties you'll see. One which went against us on away goals despite a 4-3 victory at home with sort of Kieran Dyer scoring ahead of from outside the box in what turned out to be his last game for the club and then the one on the route to the Wembley final in 2000 where we sort of drew two, we were 2-0 down away from home against Bolton in the first leg and it looked like we were going to be losing the playoffs for the fourth year in a row and then we turned it around there, came back here and had probably the greatest game I've ever seen at Portman Road in the 5-3 victory there after extra time. And then I think it's probably safe to say, but we got their revenge a couple of years later when Freddie Bobic scored a hat-trick <sighs> against us in the first half and we just didn't turn up and lost 4-1 at the tough sheet slash <laughs> uni bowl slash Macron slash Reebok, Reebok stadium. Mm. And that basically was the game that sent us down and we haven't been back since, have we? So two well some some big big ties between us and in in that era sort of big sam versus george burley but now it's um i know we haven't really had since we've come back down we, we've re- sort of they stayed up for a long time didn't they and then they sort of passed through the championship that we've sort of avoided them so maybe something will start to rekindle the rivalry over the next few weeks maybe so yeah evening to colin great to have a bolton fan with us um hopefully you'll find um, our assessment of your club, even-handed and honest. But if you've got insights to share, let us know. But as Joey said, you did get your revenge um, and help knock us back down to the championship um, a year or so later. I but, stayed up at our expense, really, yeah. and then had seven or eight years in the Premier League. There are definite scars on both sides. So, um, yeah, I think probably, as you said, that 5-3 at Pullman Road will definitely live long in the memory. As for the current crop, Joe... Uh, both of us probably a bit depressed that uh, these days we're plying our trade in the third division. But um, Bolton, very similar story to us. Obviously, bounced back, as you mentioned, from um, League Two um, and a season of consolidation and improvement last season and, and going really great guns this season, aren't they? Yeah, well, um, sort of under Ian Everett, who did a sort of brilliant job at Barrow, getting them out of the National League into the League Two before jumping ship to go to Bolton. Obviously, a big step up in size of club and I think had he, had he played for Bolton previously, I'm not sure, but it seems his teams, and they have done it the last sort of three, three and a half years now, this season as well, have been relatively slow starters to the season up until sort of October, November time, and then the finished season's like a steam train. And they sort of jump from about 18th to sort of third, I think, in, in League Two over over that time. they they Like us, they were too far behind the sort of, really high standard set last year, but really sort of moved up the table quite quickly, but just before sort of hitting that glass ceiling that was there. And this year, again, they've started the season okay. And now they've been really good in the second half of the season, up until maybe the last sort of three or four weeks where they've not been on the on the greatest run, but you sort of see them in, the, in their, what are they, fourth or fifth at the moment? Fifth, I think. Um, but they're three points behind us, aren't they? Or six points six behind points. us. And we've got a, and we've we've got a game in hand, haven't we? So, yeah, so, yeah fifth- we... Um, at the moment, 63 points, um, won 18 of their 36 games, drawn nine, lost nine, and a very healthy goal difference there as well. Um, but as you mentioned, yeah, a few bits and pieces. Generally, away form is where the points have been dropped. We'll talk about the nil-nil with Morecambe shortly, but home form is really good, isn't it? 40 points from their 18 games, their 14th. Uh, fourth best home record in the division. Only conceded nine goals at home. Only conceded nine, only lost twice in the league. No defeats at all in any competition since the 5th of November. That was to Barnsley in the FA Cup. Uh, Last league defeat was Oxford's end of October. So a a fortress there. Um, But yeah, a little bit of um, iffiness away from home. And and I don't know, Joe, they're... They've managed to qualify for the Pizza Cup final like Plymouth. Um, is this a potential distraction for them? I think it's just one of those ones that's looked at in hindsight, isn't it? If if they win the Pizza Cup and go on and then win the playoffs, it's seen as, oh, because they won the Cup, that inspired them to get the playoffs. If they lose in the final and win the playoffs, it's that setback yeah. pushed them on. If they win the Pizza Cup and lose, it's because they had played too many games. I think that's just something that just writes its... Um, Right, his own narrative, really. That one, I, I, I don't, I don't think it makes a huge amount of difference. I, I don't think anyone's going to be taking their eye off the ball from the management all the way down through the playing staff. So, I think it's just a, a good thing. It gives their fans a good day out at Wembley, and I'm sure for a club of their size, they've probably sold all their tickets out. I know Plymouth have sold all their tickets out, so it's great to see a, what will be a big attendance in the 
Pub yeah. John's final. Um, Colin here, um, helping us out. Bit of a bad run recently. Lots of games. Yeah, interesting that um, Bolton managed to schedule their games and get them play. They've played more than anyone else, I think. Um, so quite a few games, um, but seemingly out of choice, Colin. So interesting. And uh, a few injuries as well, taking their toll. We'll come on to those shortly. Um, last time out, nil-nil at Morecambe. Morecambe's not an easy place to go, is it, Joe? We know all about that. No, it's it's a, it's a tough place to travel to, isn't it? And it's a wet, windy ground. Every time I see a game, though, it looks wet and windy up there. And Derek Adams knows how to set a side up. And Morgan have, have been on a pretty decent run themselves over the last few weeks. They seem to have got things sorted. Obviously, we beat them comfortably down here. But it almost felt like they just saw that game as a free hit to work around, to win, to win their other ones around it, which they did. But... I say it's, it's it's not going to be well like for us it's definitely not going to be an easy game so it feels like a really really big game up there this week doesn't it Bolton? Mm. Do you remember the opening day of the season, Joe? Feels like ages ago, doesn't it? Um, and this one or draw. Yeah, a lovely sunny day. It was absolutely it was roasting glorious. that day, wasn't it? I remember I actually I was down there. I actually got to go down on the pitch at the end of the game and call the heat in that stadium. You think, call the players in there, and I spoke to Sam Moores and he was just dripping wet Clang. with sweat, and it's just and it's just um, God, it was. It was so hot down there. You could see where the players tied towards the end of it, but we went 1-0 down and there was a penalty. Leif Davis Thunder dragged someone it. down on his debut and I think it was Aaron Morley that scored that, wasn't it? And then Lee Evans equalised, sort of well-worked corner. Lovely goal. Yeah, just sort of pulled back and he just sort of put his foot through it to equalise. And from that point on in the second half, we were really on top of the game and and it sort of came down to that moment that aforementioned Sam Morsey breaking through in the very last minute and just didn't get enough on his shot to lift the ball over or put it past James Trafford in the Bolton goal. And I thought I thought we were the better side that day. And I think if we play like that and Bolton like that again on Saturday, we'll probably win the game. Yeah. Do you remember last season, not particularly memorable for us, um, doubled by Bolton, that 5-2 uh, kind of summed up the Paul Cook era, really, and the concern that we had about defending and structure and ever just totally schooled Paul Cook, didn't he? There was yeah, just those long I, diagonals, wasn't it? I remember. Yeah, Afalayan just sort of sitting behind Vincent Young every time we went forward, Rakeem Harper not covering there at all. But I actually thought Everett gave McKenna a bit of a lesson, to be fair, in the return mm. in the return game at the Uni Bowl, as it was at the time. I, I thought he was, um, yeah, I thought, they were, I thought they were good that day. I thought that was at the time when we were looking quite, um, we we just didn't look like we were going to score many goals at the time. We looked relatively solid, but I thought I thought they worked us about quite well that day. And I think after that game, I think McKenna learned quite a bit from that one. It's, it seemed one that he, he learned from. But no, that was two very comfortable victories for Bolton against us last season. So I think we're due we're due a win. We're due one. Uh, was that that was McKenna's first defeat, wasn't it? As well in charge, I think. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. after a positive start. So. Yeah, as we always talk about, McKenna learns his lessons, doesn't he? So you yeah, either win or you learn. Yeah, there you go. Oh, they quote it's like a motivational. You're like quote, a scholar. Yes. Have you got these written down, Joe? No. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Ian Everett then. Um, been in charge since July 2020. You mentioned Barrow, 1.68 points per game. He's he tries to play the right way, doesn't he? At Bolton, um, maybe a little bit too purist. Uh, maybe the same criticism gets levelled at McKenna, but goes around about it the right way, doesn't he? Yeah, well, there was a whole um, at Barrow, that sort of Barrow-Salona thing, wasn't there, that <laughs> they were sort of playing goal kick short in the National League. And I think it was John Rooney was scoring a load of goals for them. And he's, t- he's taken that with him to Bolton. I don't think, like when you when you look at the stats compared to us, they, they seem to move the ball forwards as quickly as we do, but in slightly fewer passes. And they... They, they press high, but then they don't, they're not particularly direct when they do get the ball there. They sort of win the ball back without really creating a huge amount from winning it back, despite being a high pressing team. So, but like I said, they're a decent side that play a similar brand of football to what we do, and they're very well attuned in it. But they, they just don't have anywhere near as much sort of quality in the attacking areas in the side. When you, when you look at the goals they've scored, it's only really Dion Charles who's scored anything for them this year. Athelane has scored a few, but he's gone. Obviously, I've signed in, in Lundulo from. Southampton on loan, Ada Boyoro from Burton, who's who'd scored a few for them in the um, first half of the season, but I don't think he scored for Bolton yet. He's missed a few games of injury. And and they've also got Cameron Jerome, obviously the very experienced striker coming in from a lot of championship experience. But it's more that those players around them aren't sort of getting on the score sheet. So they're, they're quite heavily reliant on on Dion Charles, who on his day is one of the, one of the better strikers in the, in the league. But 
some sometimes you watch him, he's anonymous. I'm sure by me saying that it'll be a game <laughs> when he's sort of unplayable on Saturday and, and he has those games, but they just don't have many goals in them. And the goals seem to have dried up in recent weeks as well in their run. Yeah, it was um yeah, Adebayo from Burton, half a million quid, uh, eleven goals for them. Um so he's definitely in the shop window for someone. Um but I think has missed a few games for injury. I think he has got off the mark in the league, I think once. Um, but he'll be available. Cameron Jerome getting on a bit. Um, sign he's on still the free a quality player, isn't he? But yeah, he's also been out with a, a back problem, I think. Um, but he might be available as well. Um, I don't know about the stats about Nlundalu. N- um, I need to see if I can find that out. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, Dion Charles, in terms of the forward options, definitely dominating the goals. But they do have... They do, Similar to Ipswich, they are spread around the pitch about as as well a little bit. Yeah, um, I was really impressed with um, Connor Bradley at Portman Road at the start uh-huh. of the season. His, I don't know if, if his form has just slowed up a bit. There's been his sort of first loan spell, playing a lot of games. But no, he's, he's he looked a really good player. He's had a really busy season. He's played a lot. He's also played seven or eight times for Northern Ireland this season as well. So he's probably got sort of 40 games under his belt already. And he's only a young player with, without a lot of senior experience. But... Bolton have obviously got the advantage they didn't have a game this midweek so even though they've had a lot of games in a short period of time they have had a week off a week on the training ground a week to get players fit Collins mentioned that all four of those strikers Ilandulo, Charles, Jerome and Adeboyajo all uh, all fit whether they're all fit enough to start or all fit enough to be in a match day squad we'll find out at 2pm on Saturday I guess but yeah but they seem like they're getting their options back. But hopefully this week um, comes a bit too soon for him. Yeah, bench options, hopefully. Yeah, definitely right. Um, and in terms of the departures, I, I don't, Affeline, I guess the surprise, I'm not really sure the story there, off to the Bundesliga too, but a player that always seemed to target us and always do well against us. So I guess that's a benefit that he won't be playing. And um, Amadou Bakayoko off the Forest Green, who we saw in the recent game at Portman Road as well. But otherwise, it's um, yeah definitely strengthening there. Um, yeah, I, th- I think they just got a good offer for Affalayan from... Half a million, I think, was it? Yeah, I, I might I have got that wrong, but... A decent offer from St. Pauli, so... Yeah, if he fancied it. Mentioned there, obviously, Shola. I always thought his name was Shortire, but when I watched the um, highlight show, it's pronounced something totally different to that. But he's been a really promising young sort of English player at Man United for a few years, and this is his first... First spell of senior football. I've noticed he's won a couple of penalties and has looked sharp on the highlight show. But I can't say I've seen a huge amount of him. But he looks, he looks a tricky player and a player that can sort of cause players to foul him when he gets near the box. And and similar to maybe Sheffield Wednesday as well. There's some really good um, central midfielders there. Let's let's go through the the, the team. It's a back three. Um, typically a three, four, one, two. We think, although um, Colin suggested perhaps a little bit different there. Um, James Trafford in, in in goal. He's got the most clean sheets in League One. Um, online from Man City. He looks a bit of a Jack Grealish wannabe. Joe, do you remember him from the start of the season? He's got the the, the really short, small short sleeve shirts. Well, didn't he? Yeah. The socks around the, yeah, and the tiny shin pads. Um, I I didn't think he was particularly impressive against us. I thought he really struggled against us. I know he only let him one and made a good save at the end, but I thought he really struggled with his kick in on the ball. But when you look at the sort of the limited goalkeeping stats there are, he's one of the top performers, top two or three performers in the league. Really, obviously, Cooper's a a step ahead everyone but when you look at the the shots um sort of xg concede and stuff like that he's, he's really high up there and the back line there i mean probably the the focal point if if you can describe a defender as a focal point but it's ricardo santos isn't it absolute unit the back six five i think he is um embatete there getting jones possibly as well but santos is a very fearsome defender to come up against. Yeah, and he's he hadn't scored for years, and then he scored in sort of two or three recent games. I think he scored about three goals in the last five games. But he is a player that wins his headers. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. You're, yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna stop him winning his headers, and he's and he can play football to boot as well. I think he's a, I think he's a really good player and one that is just very very solid. Conor Bradley, you've mentioned as well, four goals and four assists, right wing back. Um, he's definitely a threat on loan from Liverpool, isn't he? Declan John as well, left-hand side injury to... Jack Edel was linked with us, wasn't he? Signed from Cambridge in the summer. He was There was a brief, like a, maybe a four-hour link to Ipswich before yeah. he already signed for Bolton, I think, in the summer. But um, perhaps, perhaps not contributing as many on the goals, but does create chances and a couple of assists for him. But these midfielders, Joe, that I like, Aaron Morley, you mentioned, um, took the penalty... Josh Sheehan I like as well I think signed from Shrewsbury was it 
Um, so plenty of options there. Kyle Dempsey as well. There's there's quality there. There's footballers there, isn't it? It's definitely a team built to play in attack teams, isn't it? Yeah, they're, they're, they're all ball players, aren't they? And they've got they've got to be to play in the style that Everett wants them to. Yeah. Um, interesting insight here from Collinston. Really great work for us here. Pep's told Ian Everett that Trafford is back at Man City next season as their number two. Um, so that gives you an idea of where he's at. Hell of a keeper at 19 years old. I'd be surprised if he's their number two, but maybe maybe in the first team squad. It seems that if Edison was going to be out for a long time, I couldn't see him being trusted that heavily yet. Yeah, I mean, Dempsey's got four. And you mentioned this this kind of weird disparity of the goals. I mean, they are shared around. There's a lot of players on four and three goals and that kind of stuff. But Charles, yeah, 15 goals, one assist in, in up front. Next highest overall in terms of goals scored is 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 then Bradley and Dempsey on four. Um, only six of Dion Charles' goals scored at home, according to my stats, Joe. But Bradley and Dempsey, three of their four, have come at home. So maybe a different way of playing away from home, maybe a bit more direct, perhaps. Yeah, um, but, it's not, but it's not home it would be... I, I could know. Yeah. Um, other names that people might be familiar with... Um, John Daddy Budvarsson still there. Um, two goals, but a long-term absentee. He was linked with us at one point, wasn't he? He well? was. He won't be featuring. So, yeah, there's a lot of talent in there, but we expect a back three. Um, but those players returning from injury may necessitate or may lead to a purposeful shuffle of the pack um, and configuration up front. So we shall wait and see on that. In terms of the stats, Joe, anything you want to pick out? Um Goals for seventh best in the league is yeah, no, they, they sort of, they sort of are where you'd expect him to be almost in you know, every start, aren't they? They're not they're sort of in that sort of fifth to tenth range in in nearly every in sort of in nearly every stat. So they're sort of a they're just performing as they should be performing. I'd say. Yeah, the goals goals for is um, the lowest of the top six sides. Worth picking that out. Um, Thirteen shots per game. Um, isn't great 14th, which I guess you'd expect to be higher. So suggests that they're clinical when they do get their chances, um, but they are creating a lot, a large number of them. Um, XG's 45 overall with 51 goals scored. So probably performing against the level of where you'd expect them to be for the chances they create. Uh, 56% possessions, probably not surprised to anyone. Passing accuracy, not great, perhaps skewed by um, maybe some of this more direct played up to Charles perhaps but 368 short passes per game on average is the fifth in the league so yeah it'll be on the ground guys we wouldn't expect a huge amount of an aerial bombardment but you never know maybe they'll um maybe they'll uh, try and upset us a little bit by playing a bit different but the big one Joe is this defensive stat isn't it nine goals conceded at home the best in the league yeah and that's just nothing, is it? Because I guess they've conceded a couple of times in a couple of those games as well. So it's just a serious amount of clean sheets they've kept at home. And does that mean they set up in that in that way to effectively not not concede first, or is it that's just a part of how well they're playing? But mm. you just don't know. But I, th- I think we'll um, we'll score at the weekend. Yeah, because they do concede quite a few shots. Average nine shots conceded for every home game as well. So that's not particularly great. Just as you said, kind of hovering in the five to 10 bracket there. So they do concede shots and we we will try shots as well, won't we? Um, Try and do what we do best. Um, And XGA of 25 overall for the season with 28 goals conceded means they're not, you know, not particularly um, conceding more goals than you'd expect them to be, nor are they out-competing necessarily their, their XGA by too much. So effective um, and not surprised to see them in the top six. Let's talk about us then, shall we? And if you've got thoughts about this, um, do let us know in the chat about what Ipswich will um, be doing, whether there's any rotation you've got in mind as well. I just need to dig up a couple of bits and pieces from the chat. Um, so bear with me. Um, just a quick one from Neil here, which is really interesting. Are we all hoping that... Um, uh, it helps we are going against teams who want to play and attack us. It might leave space in behind for us to exploit. Your thoughts on that, Joe? Well, I think the um, the teams we've struggled most against are teams that have sat in, in that real low block against us, haven't they? Where we've maybe had a lot of shots, but not been able to break them down. So I think if the game is played, I, I, I'm not expecting any team between now and the end of the season to try and go toe-to-toe with us, because I think if they do, they'll lose. So I've, I think there'll be an element of slightly more to it but I, 
I don't I don't see for a second that Bolton are going to sit in at home against us. No. They've got a brilliant home record. They're they're a good side. They'll think they can beat us if they play well, and they they will be able to beat us if they play well. But if we play well as well, I, th- I think we'll we'll have the beating of them. But it's going to be a tight, low margin game, and we've just got to make sure we get on the right side of these margins. Yeah, and and starting to keep clean sheets really, really does help us there. And Michael's keen to see the fullbacks score this weekend. He's hoping that JD gets on the pitch at some point. So all three fullbacks score. There's a prediction for you. There's a go and uh, stick a pound on that one, Michael, and see what you get back for that one. But Joe, let's start with the fullbacks. Uh, question mark. But ahead of Tuesday on Leif Davis and his fitness, but maybe a surprise that he played and um, he w- he made his way through two-thirds to three-quarters of the game. Do you expect Davis and Clark, or do you think we might get a little bit of a surprise? No, no, I'd expect Davis and Clark. I, I expect if we can pick the team that started last Saturday, we will pick the team that started last Saturday. So Christian Watton in goal, and then you, the partnerships are developing, aren't they, all over mm. the pitch now with sort of... Um, Wes Burns and Harry Clark on the right-hand side, Leif Davis and sort of Nathan Broadhead drifting over to that left-hand side. You've then got the Wolfie and Burgess who are nailed on at the back. Morsey and Luongo, if Luongo's fit, sort of nailed on there. And then sort of Chaplin, Broadhead and Ladapa are all working well together. Chaplin works well together with Burns on that right-hand side. Broadhead is working well together with Davis on that left-hand side. And no, I think I think we've really settled on our our sort of best 11 at the moment. There will, there will be changes. There will be changes needed. Like McKenna's mentioned about Broadhead and Luongo having not played a huge amount of games that maybe they're players that you'd look look at and maybe have to take them off earlier in the game or maybe not start them and bring them on as subs. But I, I expect the team to be the same as it was last 11 unless there is something we're unaware of. Uh, from last weekend, you mean, rather than Tuesday? Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, from Saturday. Yeah, as David has said here. And that means Ladapa up front rather than George Hurst? Um, is- yeah, that's... Maybe, again, because Bolton are a side that aren't going to sit back against us. You might want to play George Hurst, a player that can sort of come in short when we're do- in, in the periods of the game where we're dominating the ball, but also sit on the shoulders and keep them pushed back for the periods of the game where Bolton are dominating the ball because both teams will have their spells in this game where they're, where they're in charge of the ball. And maybe Hurst gives you a little bit more on that. But Ladapo's in good goal-scoring form, so... I think I think you give him the nod, and I think you let him get up against Ricardo Santos. He's not exactly, say. he's not someone who's really really fast, and is going to be able to sit back and watch Freddie Ladapo. But I, I just think I don't know. I just think George Hurst might give them a different challenge on at the weekend. So I wouldn't be surprised if he starts, but you just don't know really. I quite like the the thought of. Ladapo versus Santos that's got a big battle about it and I quite you know Freddie's great back to goal as well maybe you can turn and maybe you can get other people involved in that so yeah that might be um that might be an interesting one another interesting one Joe might be on the bench Flim Flam could Don Ball be back in the squad this weekend who'd have thunk it eh well we'll find out tomorrow won't we because I think McKenna mentioned about either playing in the under 21s game we play Birmingham at 1.30 at Playford Road tomorrow is it, is it better for him to play in that game or is it better for him to go up and be in the match day squad? So I've, I don't see that you're going to take him up there to be the 19th man or the 20th man. So I think he's either going to play tomorrow or be on the bench on Saturday. But may, maybe a game maybe a game at, for the under-21s rather than five, six hours on a coach two ways and sleeping in a different bed when you come back from injury would be the, would be the better way to play it. And then maybe look to involve him against Shrewsbury next weekend. But we'll find out, I guess, sort of probably tomorrow afternoon on that one. Yeah. Luongo has basically made that second central midfield berth his own, hasn't he? Um, big game for him tomorrow, potentially, isn't it? Really like yeah. the fact that he's in the team now. I think when you when you play the way we do, where the fullbacks bomb on, the forward, you play a lot of forwards in the team and you have just two central midfielders in there. Those two have got a real... They've, they've got to give you a bit of everything. They've got to be able to physically compete in there and they've got to be able to get on the ball. They've got to be able to break the line, sort of passing, running and doing all that. And both Luongo and Morsi are two top players at this level doing that. And I've, like I say, you just need them in there against a side with a mobile midfield free like Bolton have got. Yeah, and the great thing about Luongo, and we talked about this in the Telegram group that I was a bit surprised by, was you know the pass for the first goal on Tuesday night. I didn't think he had that in his locker. I knew that he was, you know, a good engine kind of central midfielder, but he's got an eye for a pass. Good at these kind of instinctive round the corner passes or these outside of the boot down well, the when line. He, when he first passes. came to us on loan when he was nineteen years old, he was a 
ball player, really, wasn't he? Rather than a midfielder, he was someone that got the ball down past it and was a was a really good footballer then. And he sort of become a little bit more of a competitor than a okay than a ball player. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, Michael here. If Morsey gets booked to be Bolton, you could see a midfield of mass. Is what we're going with, are we? Mass and ball for the next game, possibly. Maybe Don Balls being brought back into the fold because of the Morsey booking risk, or do you think? Morsey's managed this. We talked about this on Tuesday night and you can still watch our um, Akron to post-match show and the discussion we had about all kind of things um, uh, that happened around the game on Tuesday night. But Morsey has managed this booking situation amazingly well. He's done it before, apparently. Um, do you think he's um, Do you think he's going to get through to Shrewsbury? Well, it's only Saturday, Two games, isn't it? Isn't it? Well, and the Shrewsbury game to get and through, it's isn't the it? the game itself, it? yeah. Well, ho- hopefully he will because... Otherwise, he'll miss a Barnsley game, if he doesn't, <laughs> yes. which is going to be a huge game, a game which we could potentially be without Wes Burns and Nathan Broadhead for if they get called up into the Wales squad as well. So we don't really want him to miss that one. But he seems to have played on the line well enough and he's got through. And now you've got someone like Massimo Luongo in there alongside him, someone who can do the dirty work as well. Maybe he can it frees him up away from that as well. But if he needs to take a yellow card for the team, still I'm sure he will take one. But hopefully he doesn't need to. And as David said here, a permanent deal for Longo or an extended deal for Longo in the summer, do we think? Potentially. I, I, I don't Does know what Longo wants to do with it. That's the problem. Yeah. Might, I'm, I'm sure there was talk of him wanting to go back to Australia last oh, summer when he left Sheffield Wednesday. And then he signed on a short-term deal for Middlesbrough in the hope that he could play some football to get into the Socceroos World Cup squad. And it, it, it didn't play football or get in their squad. So it's just whether he's reassessed what he wants to do longer term with his sort of life after football, really. Um, sure. He mentioned on the coffee chat that he's doing his coaching badges, so maybe he'll want to stay here and because with the sort of greatest respect to sort of Shawnee Aluka and Richard Keogh, the sort of two senior players in the squad who are sort of doing some sort of coaching and learning alongside their playing roles, they're, they're not really playing for us this season and you wouldn't expect them to play much for us next season. So maybe we need a couple more of the sort of senior bods mm-hmm. to, re- to replace those in the squad, both as sort of doing a bit of coaching and also being able to contribute more on the pitch, which Luongo certainly would do. Yeah, 100% agree with that. Give us your thoughts on Ipswich selection. If you disagree or have alternative views to us, if you're um, Colin or any other Bolton fan, you want to give us any insights, more more insights on Bolton, we'll have those as well. We'll go to predictions shortly as well, um, but we're going to take a very short break. Innovation Labs is business hub and co-working space with strategic locations across Suffolk. Our aim is to foster innovation, entrepreneurship, business growth and the development of an AI centre of excellence in Suffolk. Monthly hot desks are available from just £79. For more info, head to innovationlabsgroup.com or contact info at innovationlabsgroup.com. Innovation Labs, providing support for businesses across Suffolk. Locations in Stowmarket, Ipswich, Sudbury, Woodbridge with more to follow. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wes Burns running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. 
To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there. Supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Let's do some pluggery. That's the word we use on this show, Joe. Don't challenge it. Don't question it. Um, I can't find a better one for it. Uh, as always, um, we are brought to you in partnership with the Greyhound. Uh, do head there ahead of the game against Shrewsbury next week. Um, great venue, Ted, to any time of the week, frankly. does Apparently does a very excellent Sunday roast as well. So do support the Greyhound. Great um, football pub. Uh, just great pub, full stop. There you go. Um, great and also, There you go. Um, the Morsi, the mighty Morsi burger as well. Definitely worth a look on a on a match day as well. So go and support the um, uh, Colin before you head off. Thank you very much for your insights. Um, and Thanks, Colin. Two proper clubs. Whole, yeah, wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, we shall see how we both get on on Saturday. Uh, if you want to find out, well, go to the game. But if you want to hear more conversation about it, analyse it, um, consider where it leaves us, um, then you can do um, no better than the flagship show on sunday night 8 p.m with ben in the host chair with craig and seb if you missed seb tonight i'm not sure you you did really but i'm joking is he you still there seb i'm trying to tease him out ahead of the predictions bit as it's a a northwest game we did have to get our northwest correspondent seb to go to the game and represent on the sunday pod so yeah drive taking the bullet for him tonight exactly right and we'll look forward to the black and white photos um from the tough sheet um on saturday Um, it'll be sent down by carrier pigeon (laughs) exactly right um there you go yeah uh hi colin hopefully you're not listening to this bit but yeah uh seb will be back on on sunday with the guys uh, let's go through bolton to look ahead to shrewsbury as well um and merch store's got 20 percent off right now if you want to get yourself a blue monday hoodie there you go um other options are available um head to blue monday itfc.co.uk everything you need is there all the links to the shows all the links to our socials telegram as well joe do you want to give a quick plug to telegram yeah come and get involved we had a few new members join this week haven't we and mm. again the standard of chat has been added to and the, the quality has remained high over the last week or so some great insights people even we're even getting people clipping up bits from the games to show us things that they've seen it is high high quality stuff there you go. Two weeks free trial on us and then a subscription thereafter. Uh, lots of uh, plans in the works for exclusive as, as well there as well, trying to make um, that useful. But as always, our shows will always go out free of charge and no change to the regular format here at Blue Monday. Uh, so do subscribe. Do give us a thumbs up as well. We appreciate that as well. Um, we know that not everyone can afford um, the Telegram. So all of our content um, available there, but the support is very much appreciated. A few more bits and pieces in the chat before we go to my least favourite segment of the show right now. Uh, Matthew, good to have you with us. I can't see past the team, which has been working the last couple of games. Jackson's success, a big surprise, but it will be Burns, won't it, Joe, on Saturday? Yeah, it will be Wes Burns. He starts all all the games, all the big games for us, doesn't he? But Caden Jackson is um, a a player that's just, whenever he stepped in for Wes Burns in the last, two three months he's, he's done really well in in every game and he's very much is that is his role now isn't that right-sided forward that right-sided wing and, and I, that's how I've been saying for a number of years even when we first came down under Lambert that he was playing wide and I thought if he really dedicated himself to being a wide man as opposed to trying to still be a number nine I think he could have probably kicked on a little bit more in his career but he's, he's still doing well for us still got another year on his contract and I think he was, he's just a player that's going to prove important for us going forward still. Yeah, he's got the pace, hasn't he? And yeah, it's a surprise that maybe it took him so long to get out there. But um, Charlie D, Jackson's been brilliant, done what has been asked of him. Would like to see him carry it on a bottom, but I think we suspect Charlie that might be from the bench. But great option to bring on, isn't he? Um, and hopefully full of confidence as well. Lots of chats about Pigeon in the chat, which um, I'll leave to you guys. Um, speckled Jim, there you go, as we've christened him. Um, and thanks, David, for the... Um, publicizing telegram for us as well i think i've delayed it as much as i can we have to go and do predictions joe here we go i used to love this feature it was really good and and now seb is just fluking his way back into contention every week only one correct scoreline predicted from the three of us last week and it was port Vale mk of course it was um, and I even said on the show that I think Lincoln might be Oxford 1-0 and I didn't have the gumption to change it. Well, that's what's cost me there. Um, so well done to Seb. He's got it back to seven rounds to my 10. 
um, and he's within yeah within 28 points is that 38 points you know I've got I, it feels like I'm Plymouth right now Joe I've just got to hang in there and just do the minimum. Yeah, but we're, we're coming for you. And you're the competition this week. And we also need to say thank you to Paul um, from the Telegram group, who's been the representative. He's been the tribute uh, for Team Telegram. Um, Mark W is stepping in. So Mark is the man with the predictions for Telegram. We want to hear from you as well. So do get your predictions now in the chat for Ipswich v Bolton or any other game you've got your eye on as well. There are a couple of tasty ones Joe, let's start right at the top of the screen there. Barnsley versus Plymouth. Talk to us about that one. I think Barnsley are going to win, but I just Plymouth always seem to get something. So I went, I went for a two-two draw because Barnsley look like they've got goals in them, and Plymouth are spawny enough to always get at least someone out of the game. So I headed back Some up. Dodgy to that penalty, one. yeah, yeah. But I, I do, I do think Barnsley will win there. Yeah, Barnsley, as we've been talking about the. And the troublesome team there. Um, Portsmouth v Sheffield Wednesday. I mean, I've I've highlighting Sheffield Wednesday in bold, but it feels like they're probably on the horizon now. But we're both going for a draw there. Portsmouth much improved, and it's a difficult place to go, Fratton Park, isn't it? Regardless of Portsmouth season, they they are yeah in front of their home fans. They do try to put on a show. Yeah, since Massinho's gone in there, I think they've picked up sort of two points per game, sort of twenty points per ten games. So he has sort of turned things around there relatively quickly I think a lot of that is just regression back to the mean because I don't think they were as bad as they looked as bad as the results were under Danny Cowley towards the end so there but Sheffield Wednesday are much better than them and and will probably win but it'd be nice if Portsmouth can just try and get something against them just yeah just you know unsettle things that's what you want just unsettle things um we've got um Oxford Derby is another one I guess for playoff teams um, you've got Oxford getting a draw there, Joe. They've lost four on the bounce. No manager still. Um, yeah, I don't know why I'd put that again. I think, <laughs> the, to be fair, a lot of the predictions I put are hope rather than expectation, if that makes Seb's sense. Seb's going to love you. So, <laughs> I, I, so I just went there. But I, I don't know. I think I've, I, there's talk today, isn't there, sort of about Grant McCann going to Oxford. Or, uh, I thought it was Dean so, Holden I'd seen mentioned. Was it Dean Holden? It was Grant McCann and Michael Appleton, the two I saw today. But, wow. but we'll, we'll see. But it, it could be good if they... If they announce someone today, that does always seem to give the club a little bit of a lift, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, Derby obviously didn't um, get on particularly well at Plymouth, but then no one really does. They look like they're getting a bit short of bodies as well at the moment. Yeah, we was trying they're, to... They're flagging a bit. We would, I, was, I was on Gab Sutton's uh, EFL debate last night with um, a Burton fan, a, a Cheltenham fan, a Morecambe fan, a Charlton fan. I felt very out of place. Um, but we were talking about um, the top six race and whether the automatics were done and dusted, but also the relegation fight yeah. as well. And I, you look at Oxford, really could get sucked into it if they don't do something. Mm. But Derby, we were kind of talking about, it's it's a very strong 11 and there's a couple of peripheral players. But yeah, they, they lost get the injuries. last couple on the road as well. I think yeah. they've only got eight points in their last six games. They do seem to... It's an old... At one point, everyone said Derby are going to be going for the automatics. It's like, well, no, they're, they're miles off that now, aren't they? They they look out of that race. and Yeah, they, there's some players that, that have had bad injuries in the past. We know about McGoldrick, but these are players in their... Well into their thirties now as well. We heavily reliant on Tate McGoldrick, Connor Hurahane, Nathaniel Mendes Lang. Players that are very, very good players at this level and have been good players at levels above this one. But they are later in their career and mm. sort of having to carry a lot of young players. I think they've only got twelve players over the age of twenty one, twelve outfield players in their squad that they've named. So it's not going to take a take a lot for them to fall back. I've put it off as long as I can. Let's talk about us. Um, if Seb was here, he'd accuse me of being a miserable what's it. Um, the, the Jonah Hilters, Channing Tatum. Uh, you are going for a win. Mark is going for a win as well in the Telegram. Um, I guess, do I need to justify myself or do you? Because I think on paper, a tight marginal game is likely to win in a draw, isn't it? So no, not when, you, not when you've got four wins in a row and five oh, sheets in a row. Seventy-five percent of the possession of the population, mind you. Yeah, yeah no, no. I, I, I just fancy us at the weekend. I think it's, it's annoying that Bolton didn't have a game in the midweek. That is something mm. that I will be writing to the EFL about to try and sort out there. Just generally, the, the game weeks this season are an absolute mess, aren't they? The amount of games some teams have played in in the midweek. Sheffield Wednesday have played less games than both us and Plymouth, but yet they don't play, and we both play, and it's like. It's, a, it's an absolute mess, so the EFL needs to sort that out. Gen- genuinely, I will. There you go. Right into them, but I just go fairs. Yep. But, um, I just, I, I just think we're going to win. I, I just think we're 
brimming with confidence and we've we, we just got goals all through the team. The signings we've made in January have really improved us. And I, I, I don't see that, I don't see that anyone would want to be playing us at the moment, but we just need to make sure we win, win these games so that that, that run, that confidence continues because yeah. if we make a tilt with the top two, that's, I would say that starts now, but that started four games ago and we've got four wins out of that. We've got 11 games left. We're going to need, we're going to need to win eight of them. Yeah. Maybe seven you might get away with, but you're probably going to need to win eight of those last 11 games. It's a hell of an ask. And you can't look at games that don't know it's a tough away game. You've just got to go there and beat them. And on, there's no reason to fear them either. As And what I like, and I've mentioned this already, is you kind of feel like McKenna susses stuff out. He's had a couple of fixtures, three games against Bolton now. I wonder whether he might have figured them out. So it'll be interesting to see how we play. But I quite agree with you. Um, I just um, can't bring myself to predict it. So um, good on you and Mark. I I hope you are right. And I'm, I always love being wrong. It happens so often as well. So um, we shall see. <clears throat> Let's have a look at what the chat says and see if we've got any consensus there. Stephen's going 2-1. How we play means there's always a chance we let a goal in. Um, albeit we've had some really good, chunky, clean sheets of late. So um, we shall see on that front. If we keep a clean sheet on Saturday, it'll be a new club record, won't it? Six it'll clean it. sheets in a row, yeah. It'll it's it. the there third time since we've been in League One that we've got to five, which is the existing record, but we've never got past that five. Well, there you go. Even more reason to do it then, isn't there? Um, Lee correctly, bring back Room 101. No, we'll see it through to the bitter end, Lee, whether I like it or not. He's going for a 3-0. Michael's going for his 2-0 with the fullbacks to score. Lee's going 2-0. David's going 2-1. Um, Eric's uh, Eric's got a, a little bit of uh, the, my thinking. Um, he's gone for a draw, a one or draw there. Um, Neil's gone 2-1. And we've also got some other predictions here. Um, David's going for a... Plymouth defeat that will definitely be interesting won't it um and uh what else have we got I'm not sure I understand Flim Flam's point about banging the drums but we'll um move on there um there you go David Tennant Brace do you know what that means Joe from Andreas there no I don't know who David Tennant is amongst our squad no is he he Doctor Who you'll have to help us out there Casanova I'm not sure um Matt's going for a 2-1 tight and entertaining fair Affair, I should say. Um, Neil's also going for a Barnsley win. Flim Flam going for a nervy 1-0. Um, Neil's going for a Sheffield Wednesday. All the predictions here coming in like, like this. Dave's going for a one all at Pompey. Um, Matt's giving us some working as well. Probably want Barnsley to beat Plymouth to help us close the gap. But hope they drop points against Sheffield Wednesday to keep behind us, providing we do the business too. That is uh okay we have to make sure we do the business that's the only we thing do. we really worry about at the yeah. moment isn't it? and blue's going for a two nil so there you go we'll be back next week um the run at the moment of form that i'm on is i'll probably lose and i'll be wrong so um make of that what we've all got our fingers crossed yep as always Thanks to everyone who has uh, joined us for the discussion tonight. Thank you um, for your insights, your predictions. If you want a shout out or anything like that, or some final rallying cries in Seb's absence, um, then please get them into the chat. We'll also get Joe's final thoughts, Jerry Springer style as well, ahead of Ipswich Town versus Bolton on Saturday. Again, a bit of time to mention thank you to the Greyhound. Thank you to Innovation Labs. Uh, go and join us over on Telegram. The match day chat will kick into gear tomorrow evening a lot of buzz i'll probably be posting goal footage from yesteryear so all very worth that um two-week free trial merch store go and get yourself some blue monday branded goods for 20 percent off um if you want if you're traveling up to bolton do give us a, ha- a, sh- a heads up give us a shout out um, let us know you're listening or watching and we'll always retweet stuff that we see about that and leave us a review why not um tell us what you think of us but only if it's good and nice um so um and be back for the flagship show sunday night 8 p.m with ben craig and seb i think that's all i need to say apart from joe thank you for your efforts thank you to seb behind the scenes as well been very helpful doing a lot of um legwork as always um i'm sure he'll be back next week for anyone who's missed him but joe any um final thoughts before we say goodbye yeah so there's a Obviously, firstly, congratulations to Luke Wolfenden, who'll be making his 200th senior appearance at the weekend. I think he's just about to move into the top four of players from the academy games for Ipswich as well. I think he's got Matt, 
or Luke Hyam a couple of games ahead of him, and then he'll move ahead there and this will be fourth behind Tommy Smith, Owen Garvin, and Matt Richards. And also, we are now, we I spoke about the clean sheet record earlier, five clean sheets in a row, which is a joint club record. We've also scored 14 goals in a row without conceding. I have messaged the Renegade Statman to see if this is a club record because I think it I think it may well be, but I'm I'm gonna wait for the Renegade Statman to confirm this and I'm sure he'll confirm that on Twitter at some point. So keep an eye on that whether we have set a club record here. There you go. Joe's got all the information. Who who needs Statman when you've got Joe? Uh, but no quality needs Statman to tell me. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Just, <laughs> the verification is all we need. Joe, brilliant stuff from you. Thank you for um your con your company tonight and your insights. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Stephen. Do give us a thumbs up. Um, and uh, in Seb's absence, I'll do it. Um, come on, you blues. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.